Green Pastures are the weekly devotions published by Vineyard Boise, consisting of four parts, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. Green Pastures for Thursday, September 7th. On Slavery in the Ancient World. Today's scripture reading is found in Revelation chapter 18, verses 11 through 13 from the Message Translation, which reads, The traitors will cry and carry on, because the bottom dropped out of business. No more market for their goods. Gold, silver, precious gems, pearls, fabrics of fine linen, purple, silk, scarlet, perfumed wood and vessels of ivory, precious woods, bronze, iron and marble, cinnamon and spice, incense, myrrh and frankincense, wine and oil, flour and wheat, cattle, sheep, horses and chariots, and slaves, human souls, their terrible traffic in human lives. This is God's Word. A pastor was once engaged in a discussion about Philemon with members of his congregation at a Wednesday night Bible study when one of the participants asked, Pastor, what do you think would have happened if a runaway slave in America had carried this letter back to his master? It was a question that spoke volumes. No one present even needed to answer it. They knew from our own historical experience that no one would have lived happily ever after in that scenario. As we navigate Philemon today in our world, within our classrooms and from our pulpits, we generally do so from a sermonic application point of reconciliation and forgiveness, which remains timelessly pertinent and relevant. In fact, in this current three-week teaching series, we're reading this letter from three perspectives. Onesimus, the one who did the wrong, Philemon, the one who was wronged, and Paul, the one who sought to be the peacemaker between perpetrator and victim, between the one who incurred the debt and the one to whom the debt is owed. This is a sound, legit basis on which to work out current implications of this letter in our world, and I personally laud any approach that enables us to tarry three weeks with it rather than the usual perfunctory one or none with Philemon as an add-on to a larger study. No, this time Philemon gets his own three-week spotlight. Brilliant. Long overdue. Though to start with Onesimus is not to start with Onesimus the wrongdoer, but Onesimus the slave. In fact, from our enlightened 21st century standpoint, to characterize the runaway slave as the wrongdoer and the master from whom he fled as the wronged, or as the victim, is, to say the least, a bit of a stretch. I mean, it's kind of flipping the script for us. None of us would characterize a sex-trafficked runaway slave who stole or even did physical injury to our master or captor as the one who did wrong, with the master captor as the wronged victim. Nor would we even think about returning her letter in hand with the hope that things would be different now cushioned with a promise to personally cover the cost of any damages she incurred. Yeah, not so much. The fact is, we really don't have a reference point in our cultural milieu for the social dynamics underlying this trivial, insignificant, banal, and unspiritual letter of Philemon. 
and no doubt you recoiled at the very thought of Philemon being anything close to a sex-trafficking master. And yet I would urge you to let just a bit of that unsavory taste into your mouth before washing the whole thing down with a domesticated chaser, cleansing your palate of any unpleasantness. Slavery was a fact of ancient life. Slavery was a way of life throughout the ancient world, stretching back from Philemon in the 1st century AD to Pharaoh in the 15th century BC, back to and beyond Abraham and Sarah 400 years before that. Those who had power and status and money were equal opportunity enslavers. No one race was picked on as being inferior and thus more fitted for it, which is the primary difference between the slavery they practiced there and the slavery we practiced on our own shores. If your village, your city, your tribe was taken down by a more powerful one, the population that survived the carnage became property to the highest bidder, resulting in Revelation's roster of ancient cargo concluding with human bodies and souls. And it wasn't pretty. So, as we pause for a moment of personal reflection and prayer, ponder. What additional layers does the reality of human slavery and trafficking in the ancient world as a way of life complicate your reading of Philemon and of Scripture as a whole? How do you personally handle the fact of slavery in the Bible and the Bible's seeming acquiescence to it, or at least its ambivalence about it? Lord, put me in the room. Put me there with Philemon. Let me wear the skin of Onesimus. Let me taste the human pathos swirling around that room. Let me feel something of that cultural atmosphere swirling around a slave, a runaway, a fugitive, a thief, and the aggrieved master who holds his fate in his hands, even as he himself is held in the pierced hands of his own master. Draw me into the layers of meaning awaiting me in this letter. Let me feel it, and so make this letter come to life right here, right now. Your mercies.